0: District is proud to present Coffee Talk, a conversation on social emotional learning at home. Fill up your favorite mug and grab a chair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Talk. This week, I'm very happy to be joined with two brand new guests. They're not new to the schools, but they're new to our podcast. Uh, actually, one of them is brand new to the schools. Dr. Vincent Costanza, uh, the new principal at Campbell, is happy to join us. He is the current principal He is a former kindergarten teacher and a lifelong educator at heart. Hi, Dr. C. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. And joining me today as well is Michelle Hupp, health and PE teacher at Edgar Middle School and Metuchen High School. She's in charge of the SHAPE New Jersey. She's the vice president of physical education there. And she is the New Jersey State Coordinator for Health Moves Minds and SHAPE's America's Nationwide Initiative. How are you doing today, Michelle?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Scott.
0: Yeah, of course. And I, as always, am your house, Scott Delaney. I am third grade teacher here at Campbell. Our topic this week is actually going to be talking about the new year. We're going to be talking a little bit about resolutions. We're going to be talking a little bit about goal setting, but what we're really going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about this being a new year, but this also being the best to me. So before we really start diving in, let's start off nice and easy. What are your new year's resolutions?
1: I'll go first, if you don't mind. Um, so I like to do a one word 2022. Um, So that's what I do with my students as well. So my one word, my theme for 2022, what I want to focus on is faith. Um, Faith in um, faith in God, faith in um, my plans, the plans he has for me. um, Faith in what I'm doing with my students, just faith in general. That's my one word, 2022. And uh, basically I have my students do the same thing and they'll pick a one word for their theme. And then we make vision boards of smart goals that we wanna set and um, see along the way if if we could achieve all our academic and non-academic goals.
0: See, I like that idea. I like the idea of just having face sometimes in moments. I feel like kind of this year coming into it, I think, especially halfway through the school year at this point, I think you've built up enough trust to develop faith. I feel like it's kind of a good mix. I I love that idea of faith at this point in the school year and kind of adapting it to match that because you've done a lot to build up to this moment. And now you can kind of reestablish that trust and faith in each other. I love that idea. Dr. C, what about you? What's your uh, New Year's resolution this year?
2: You know, I have to give some love to the uh, uh, one word um, for the year. Uh, idea. I had never heard of that before until this year and I've seen several people doing it and I thought what a great idea and it's funny in some social circles I'm like oh I'm going to think about this word and share it and it was such uh, the word that I came up with was so common I almost felt bad about sharing it. It was like oh this is so many other people's words so I'm still thinking about what my one word would be even though I think I would settle on purpose uh, because I think you know I'm a pretty non-resolution type person because Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, having resolutions for, you know, the first couple of weeks, which in my experience is usually what people do with resolutions, and then they kind of like fizzle off into the realities of life. And for me, you know, kind of being focused on, you know, establishing or, you know, being reminded of because I feel like for me, that's a lot of things that happen is just, you know, hey, we were doing good things. We have good things in place. Let's uh, be reminded of good habits that we've instilled. And I think for this year to I said, you know, now that I've come across this uh, one word idea as well, to be making sure and taking an inventory uh, to make sure that my habits are purposeful. Uh, And so that would be the closest thing I have to a resolution. So kind of like a Non-resolution resolution, resolution. focus on purposeful habits.
0: You know, I think that's great. I I think there's two ways to look at your predicament. I think you can either look and think that everyone's got the same great idea and everyone's having the great same page here. And you can just say, like, look, not only did I have a good New Year's resolution, everyone else around me all had the same great New Year's resolution.
2: I think I like that perspective. They were
0: uh, I was just ahead of the curve. Exactly. (laughs) You're setting the trend. That's right. (laughs) I feel like the one word is something I've also heard a lot lately. I know in Campbell School, we've done it for the past couple of years. We've read the uh, we've read a couple of stories that are all about like picking words that describe ourselves and setting the tone for the year. And I feel like in some cases, you don't always want to set a resolution. Like you said, Dr. C, you're not always very excited to set that one goal up there because it can be hard to maintain. But sometimes in the same breath, you also want to think about the idea of being able to set a resolution to set the tone for the year, like finding that mix of finding an idea that you can start the year off with and then adjust it from there. I feel like with my resolution this year, my resolution this year was all about flexibility. I feel like the one word I chose this year was flexibility because of the fact that with things changing so often, and I think including myself, uh, just Every year I feel like since I've been teaching, this is my sixth year, and every single year I'd say I'm almost an entirely different teacher from the year before. And especially as we get to this halfway point of the year, everything's going to just change a little bit more. And having the flexibility, like you said, Dr. C, to think about, do I need this resolution or is it time to move on to the next one? I think having that flexibility for me is why I chose that word, being able to say yes or no. and thinking about, okay, this is my original idea, but how can I step away from this idea? How can I adapt this to the new situation? It's always one of the ideas that I always like to try and think about when it comes to setting those resolutions and setting those goals to make the best me going forward. So great. Can't wait to hear how it goes. <laughs> I, I can't either, to be honest. I'm excited to listen to this at the end of the year and look back on it and I'd be like, wow, that went great. <laughs> Got my advice to you would be, uh, be flexible with yourself. Oh, see, now it's like, <laughs> Now it's a resolution that was given to me. So now I really have to have the accountability to follow through with it. So now that we kind of got our goals set, we set them a little bit here. Let's kind of take some steps back. A resolution doesn't just pop in your head overnight. Like, I wish, I wish I had the brain that I could just sit there on New Year's Eve. I'm counting down the balls. The ball drops, it suddenly hits like, bam, New Year's resolution. I got it. I'm good to go. I I don't know about you two, but I don't think that's ever happened to me. No. what are the initial steps that you kind of feel yourself taking when you're going into that new year? Because I feel like once that it's probably January 2nd, I don't think it's ever actually January 1st when these ideas really start going through our head. It's probably more that second day that you start to think towards what your goal is going to be. You start to see things kind of fall a little bit into place. What are some of the steps that you two feel that you take when establishing these goals? What are some of these steps that you feel taking when you're evaluating what you need to do? To set these goals what are some of those first steps that you take on that january 2nd
1: um so preparation is key to life so with anything i planned ahead and my had my students before we went on winter break um gave them time to develop uh smart goals uh non-academically and academically uh, that they wanted to achieve and you know, with those goals that they had for the new year coming up, what their theme would be and what their focus would be on. So, you know, I like to lead by example. So, of course, I do one, too. And so, you know, I was prepared, prepared with my word and what my goals would be throughout the year. And it was kind of just faith in having, you know, to be knowing that I'll be able to be flexible, like you were saying adaptable that anything that I'm doing I always like to have purpose everything I teach the kids I'm always like there's going to be a purpose behind this so that is key that and just you know before before setting it just having a foundation for that goal making it specific measurable achievable relevant and timely I had to do my SMART goals. Like I'm a health teacher over here. So <laughs> yeah,
0: look, that, that sounded
1: very well. Like
0: that, that was like at that level of like, I got this down. Like I know these are from my back pocket really well. you see. I appreciate that though. I like, I like that you mentioned the idea of modeling out for your kids first. I actually mm-hmm. really even like the idea of stepping into the new year with the goals already set, as opposed to myself, who's kind of on January 2nd already a day behind. I like that you're a couple days ahead going into the new year with that new perspective. You wake on that, you wake up on that first day and you're like, wow, I know what my first step is going to be. I already said those. And it actually kind of reminds me, Dr. C, when we had our planning meeting, you actually brought up the idea of putting on your oxygen mask before you put on your child's, establishing your goals and modeling it out, and then helping yourself get into the right mindset before adjusting that to the next person. And Michelle, it sounds a lot like what you were doing there with your kids when you're modeling it out. You're getting your resolution set to best express it to someone
1: else. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Dr. C, what about you? What's the first step that you usually try and take when getting to your New Year's goals or your New Year's resolutions or ideas?
2: I could tell you going forward, the first step is, that I'm going to do is listen more to Michelle because she's obviously very smart on SMART goals. And I was thinking of that, that same moment that you brought up, um, you know, and also, you know, really kind of, um, you know, appreciating Michelle's, uh talking about the importance of modeling because i think that's where the you know self-care aspects come in and as much as you know you want from other people and i think this is a very important kind of leadership perspective that you know if you don't have the trust of people and if you're not modeling the things that you're talking about it doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth Um, good leaders model the things that they expect you know of others And, you know, it's kind of hard because if you expect other people to be, um, you know, aware of themselves, uh, you kind of need to be aware of yourself, you know, as well. Um, And for me, some of that is very, you know, relational. Um, And I think about, um, you know, in the beginning of the year, kind of, uh, uh, you know, took Michelle's approach, approach a little bit, try not to wait until after, you know, the new year, but even before start thinking about, Um, you know, number one, it's not just about the new year. So what are the opportunities throughout the year that I'm going to be flexible with myself so I can revise anything that I come up with now? So it's not, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace, but it's a, hey, I'm going to take a shot now. I could make mistakes, but that's okay because I'm going to circle back to it during these inflection points. So I think just, you know, giving yourself the space to do that is super important. But for me, the relational aspect is I think about the people who will help me have that kind of reflective space. The reality is there's lots of people in this world who are gonna give you feedback. Um, And I think the the important reality is that you can't always listen to it all. You have those certain trusted people who I call are on my personal board. And I think about like, who are those people? It's not that I'm gonna ignore everybody else, but almost like a plane, like planes have VIP sections. Unless you fly JetBlue, uh, but the rest of them they do, right? And they do for a reason because you know, like here, there are there there are people who have you know a special place for various reasons. They're trusted. Um, they have your best interest in mind. Um, they have some history with you, you know. And I think about those people and the types of um, you know feedback I would like from them, and that's part of the you know establishing solid friendships. And you know they're. There's many things I think that I do, but that's one of the important things to really think about: who's on my personal board and who could help me kind of get the feedback that I need um, to be revisiting anything I set throughout the
0: year. Yeah, no, I I think always <laughs> I love the idea of the VIP section. Who are you <laughs> going to move the velvet rope for? Who are you going to run in? Right. Um, that's right.
1: I love that. I better be added to the VIP section now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right?
0: I expect, am I going to have my nice parking lot spaces and have a big VIP logo on it, right? Dr. see when I come in tomorrow morning? Do
2: you think that's even better? We won't even tell everybody why it is. It's just nope. going to say VIP. We'll
0: know. Exactly. If they listen, they'll get it. Here you go. See, we but got I, We're going to buy in.
1: I honestly, I love the accountability. You have accountability, people in your life that will hold you accountable. That's very important for, for anyone. So I really, like
0: that. I think the opposite to that too, and I want to kind of carry this into the next part of the conversation is you have a lot of people that hold you accountable in your lives, but in many cases, we are also people on someone else's board. I mean, in my case, being a teacher and obviously you two as well, being in the classroom, you're on to a certain level on each child's board. You are a means to hold them accountable in a positive way going forward. But Dr. C, you in a different light can talk a little bit about you have a family, and you're talking about being a father, you approaching these goals with a child of your own at home outside the school setting is a little bit of a different circumstance. I mean, in the classroom, it's obviously a modeled lesson. You can set time aside, you develop these, you have your goals set, you teach it, you provide the materials, and you can kind of work together through a story to establish these goals. But just like most things at home, it's a little bit different. And Dr. C, being on your family's board, how do you bring these conversations to like your room, your dinner table, as you're kind of talking out these resolutions for the new year, or maybe just guiding your family into the next couple steps? So
2: you know, it's such a great question, and something that I think, look, even during this particular moment in history, it's important for me in my communication to the community um, to talk about, you know, actually living and experiencing this moment as they do as well. So our community has been so fantastic with us and for us. And I think part of that reason is, you know, the honest conversations that, that we've had that, you know, um, we're experiencing this particular moment in history too. You know, and for me, and thinking about how I show up in this world as an, as an educator, a principal, a particular kind of edu- educator, a son, a husband, a father of a 15-year-old. Um, and, you know, I think about that 15-year-old, my Sophia, you know, a great deal. And and, it, and my wife, Alicia, it was interesting as we were home uh, last Friday for a virtual half day, uh, all three of us experienced public education in different ways. My wife is a vice principal. I'm a principal. My daughters are sophomore. We were all off for different reasons. So it's like we were all experiencing the same moment, but kind of differently, you know? Uh, And, you know, I want my daughter and family um, certainly to be able to, um, you know, handle this moment successfully. Um, And, you know, there's no better way to help them to do that uh, than number one, I think, to be a good listener to them, to model for them, like just like Michelle was saying. You know, when I'm having difficulties, which I do at times um, with the moment and talk to them about it uh, and kind of label it and say, you know, here's what I need some assistance with. Here's what I'm thinking about, Um, you know, and just kind of, you know, in particular with my 15 year old, letting her know that, you know, it's okay to struggle with something. Um, It's not okay not to do anything about it, (laughs) but it's okay to be struggling. And here are some things that I do. um, I'm a frequent journaler and I have a particular approach of how I journal. Sometimes I do it better than others. But one of the things that I talk to her about is, you know, writing down goals, what kind of habits you're happy with, um, doing some smart goals, like uh, perhaps I should uh, link up a conversation with Michelle. Um, And I think, again, coming back to that modeling uh, of being the, you know, the, the, the person that you want other people to be and being doing your best to, um, you know, to model those activities.
0: Yeah, I think setting that tone through yourself is where it really begins. And I think, as you said, kind of being that member of the board, being on that board and knowing that you're providing that accountability for someone else does add a certain level of pressure to a conversation. And I know there are people that do get nervous during those conversations. But as you said, being able to actively falter and step from that and take that to the next level by kind of saying, okay, I did take a misstep, but let's talk about together why that happened and what can we do next to fix it? I think that if you can model what went wrong as much as you can model what went right, I think can make such a big difference in everyone's life. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I know just to say, I, you know, I know that you do this in your classroom right? When you, you know, this is what, you know, metacognition is all about. You're thinking about your thinking. And that process of taking children through, hey, you know, we have a problem to deal with, whether it's a math problem or a story problem, and to walk them through the steps of that, you know, a focus of this district. And one of the things that I like about the district is, you know, the intentional efforts to take to build on the literacy activities and the math activities where you're doing those metacognitive um, uh, steps, and then to connect them to SEL steps and to say, okay, they also work in um, you know, relational problems when you're having difficulty dealing with others, but then also having difficulty dealing with yourself. So the question that you asked me of you know how I do it in my family, it's being honest about the things that I'm going through, it's about labeling things that I see with my family, providing strategies. And I know, again, it's exactly the things that I see happening in your classroom, you know, that happen to be about math and literacy. But here we're taking those strategies and bringing them home. I do my best to do the same thing, sometimes better than others, but it's essentially much of the same
0: work. Look, in, in the nice light and sometimes in a not so nice light, your family's always the first one to hold you accountable when you don't. So I feel like it's always one of those things that you'll find out pretty quickly if you've done a good job with it or not. And yeah, always yeah. in a fun way. Um, I, my family was always one of those families that if you know that you did something wrong, they would help you move past it, but would you, you'd hear about it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you you have a unique perspective that Dr. C and I don't. We work in Campbell and we really only see the kids from first to fourth grade. I mean, I really only see them pretty much just this school year, but you work in Edgar and the high school. You can see how these resolutions kind of change over time. You can see how kids are able to keep consistent or keep accountable throughout a lot of years of really important growth. Can you talk to us just a little bit about some of the things that you see as kids get older through those periods? What are some of the consistencies, like the skills that they use that you see work best for them?
1: I think that it's a one size doesn't fit all. So it's definitely individualized. Um, which is great because everyone has a gift and everyone's unique. So it's it's very um, special to be able to see them grow and to see, you know, what their purpose is and, and help them to find the goals and activities, hobbies, even in school, outside of school that they enjoy so that they can make decisions. Like I have seventh graders, but then I have 12th graders applying for college and watching, you know, them, them get into a school and figure out, you know, what exactly they they are looking to do in the future, It it's a great thing to see. And I think that that starts with building that foundation with them, like t- setting the tone, having a relationship with them. I mean, the students aren't going to open up to you. I always say students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So you always want to build up that relationship. Be consistent. Be vulnerable and honest. I mean, if I mess up, I mess up. I'm I'm human. If I don't know something, guess what? We could research it together. But I always let them know that I'm not perfect. But I always tell them that I am a teacher. I want them in my class. Like every one of you is wanted, and I want to see you achieve success and just be happy, happy, healthy, active life. And, and however I can help them to get to that point, I'm there for them. Um, But I always like to make sure that they know that they're wanted because sometimes I've had students feel that they're not wanted in class. And then if they don't feel wanted, then they're, they're not likely that emotional, how we're, how uh, Dr. C was just talking about the self questioning and the social, emotional learning part. If their emotions and thoughts are, I don't feel wanted, then that's where their thoughts are during class. So how are they going to be academically there and ready to receive what the teacher is, you know, educating them on? So I think that the relationships, foundation, you got to have that first and and be consistent, be honest, be real. The the kids see right through everything. So they recognize it.
0: And you can't be reflective when your mind is clouded. Like, as you both have been talking about, you're supposed to be reflective. You're supposed to be doing these self-questionings. You're supposed to be focusing on your own metacognition, being able to reflect on what you're feeling in the moment. And if those feelings are clouded with a lot of negativity, like you just said, if someone's feeling unwanted or those feelings are really in the way, it it's impossible. You can't do it. You can't move past those feelings to work towards that positive self-reflection. You're not going to really develop that best me. With those things in the way. But I love that you also mentioned the fact that you give them the time to show how much you care. And Dr. C, as you said, with your family, you give them the time to show how much you care about the goals they're setting, about the ideas they're trying to make, about the reflection they're trying to make, because whether you see it in a year, two years, couple years, or even when you don't talk to them anymore, but those little gestures still stay there, you'll start to see that some of those reflective goals are going to change to more positive and positive steps forward. Maybe it's not going to be about just like, I'm going to show up to class today. Maybe that goal is going to end up being, I'm applying to college. I'm getting into my number one favorite college. Like You're going to see that these little positive steps, these little reflections can make a huge difference in these kids' lives, and especially at home. If you start with family giving that positive emotional response, you're going to see that start to work its way everywhere. And I think it's nice that both of you were able to talk about it from the classroom perspective and from the at-home perspective, because I feel like all this needs to be done hand in hand. You can't just have half. And I feel like that's-
2: that's, Yeah, and I think part of, you know, um, it sounds complex. I mean, it's certainly uh, important. Um, However, you know, uh, it can't be, um, you know, something that's separate and segregated from frequent and everyday occurrences. In the classroom, you know, you focus on uh, self-management and self-awareness. Not by having a self-management assembly, not by you know having the time all right, now's just the self-management lesson. It happens all the time. And part of why you know an SEL approach in Matouchin needs to be frequent, regularly incurring and embedded in everyday activities. Kind of similarly, you know your question earlier, Scott about dinner time like dinner time is wonderful. I, I You know, the honest answer as a busy dad and husband. I wish I had more dinner times. I don't always you know, we have you know, we we do what we can. Sunday dinner is super important. And then there's a breakfast time. Then there's a conversation uh, going for a ride with my daughter. Then there's um, this other moment picking my daughter up from dance class. All of the times matter. And all of the times are opportunities to do the modeling that Michelle was talking about. It doesn't have to be, you know, let's wait and plan for this grandiose activity at home or in a classroom. So, you know, you're so right with uh, making the classroom and home connection as
0: well. Those small, those small moments always matter more. Like, I feel like you're going to remember that tiny moment you had where, Maybe you went out after the soccer game and you got a slice of pizza and you're just talking over it afterwards about some things that happened today or just expressing yourself a little bit. I think that always looking back for myself, if I think about those moments, I don't remember the assembly. I don't remember the special speaker that always came, but I remember sitting down and just having a conversation. Even if it took five minutes, I feel like those are the moments that always stand out. And I feel like, as we were kind of saying before about just the pressure of the conversation. I think the pressure of the conversation comes from it feeling like it needs to be big. Yep. It doesn't. It can be a small talk. It can just be a check-in. Like who's waking up and just saying, how are you feeling today? How much of a difference could that make in someone's life? Just thinking about it that way, I think can have a much bigger effect. Like Michelle, as you're talking about, just checking with those kids, making sure that they know, probably just saying, hello, how are you as they walk into the room it can make such a big difference towards setting up these goals for the year and setting up yourself in a positive light.
1: Yeah. Like Dr. C said, it's, it's not separate than the curriculum and lessons that I'm teaching. It's in SEL social emotional learning is embedded in every lesson and everything that I do. So that's just showing you care. Like, how are you feeling, you know, in the classroom, outside the classroom, Showing up at a game, you know, this the students they notice that, and that's the same from a parent's perspective as well. But uh, you know, just making sure that they know, like your your you're acknowledging, you're acknowledging how they feel on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, and I think that establishes what Doctor C was talking about at the beginning about the fear of resolutions—that the idea that a resolution can be dropped these check-ins take a resolution from just a new year's goal into a part of who you are and into your emotional being. And I think that these constant check-ins and building this consistency, having these moments where you sit at the dinner room table, I keep saying dinner room table. If you're sitting at at the dinner table, that gives you the opportunity to build that constant conversation. As you said, Sunday dinner, once a week, if I know I'm going to get a positive check-in with my family, that's going to establish the consistency to maintain these goals and turn them towards goals that I can check off going forward. And I feel like more than anything else, consistency and accountability, like we talked about, are going to really make the biggest difference in these moments. It's really going to help you establish that new year best of me idea. Is just really diving into that accountability and consistency.
2: Yeah, it's a great point. And I think, you know, having a, um, you know, the habits, um, a fail safe, uh, something where, you know, um, you know, it's okay to get off the tracks. Um, that's a fact of life. You know, one of the most important, you um, know, I think from a parenting perspective, you know, I don't want to see my daughter struggle. Um, but the reality is she is, you know, and more important than not seeing her struggle, you know, seeing her make her way through some struggles. That's what gives me kind of confidence and gives me, you know, a little bit of a, hey, maybe I'm doing some things right because she was in this difficult moment and um, she made it through, you know, every morning, as you know, we start um, um, school here at Campbell with a a pledge club where uh, children get introduced. It's really important to me as a new person to get to know other children. But what I've learned even more important to peers to get to know each other Um, You know, and then they say the Pledge of Allegiance and every morning, uh, you know, virtually every morning, the child says that they're nervous. Um, They're not sure if they could do it. They don't speak uh, in public a lot. And, you know, it's so important for me to talk through that moment with them. It's okay to be nervous, uh, but being nervous doesn't have to stop you from doing something that you want to do. So here's a couple of strategies we could use. Um, so we could go through with it. And they always do a great job and feel fantastic. Even if they stumble, they used a strategy to help them work through the stumbling. And that's really what's important, even when you're talking about self-care and goals. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get messed up, you know, but, um, you know, kind of uh, course correcting and then having those, uh, those strategies that, you know, that could help you put it back on the course. Those are really the important things, in my opinion.
0: What are some of those strategies that you do see the kids use? What were some of the ones that in the morning when they come in, what are some of the more popular ones that you end up seeing? I mean, every day what
2: I say to them is they uh, to do three things. Uh, and I tell them, I was like, look, I, I speak in public a lot. And by the way, I get nervous. And I think just telling them that is kind of like a shocker to them. Like, wait a minute, how could you get, you have on a tie. What do you mean? How can you get nervous? You know, come on now. And, you know, just saying to them that what helps me is to take my time, to focus on my breath, and then to use a strong voice. And I say, you know what? When I do those three things, and I'm speaking in public, even if I'm nervous, I I, I notice that I do a good job. So why don't we do a practice and you try those three things? And um, you know, having somebody next to them um, that is cheering them on. Everybody needs a coach in their life. Everybody needs a cheerleader, even more importantly than a coach. Um, and then just doing those three things. Um, so far this year uh you know, work for all the children that have come in the office.
0: Michelle, what about yourself? What are some of the things you see the kids trying out often?
1: Well, all I'm thinking is that Dr. C was talking about how, you know, uh, his daughter was struggling and you don't want to see someone struggle. But the thing is, the students see when we're going through something too. If you have that relationship, I had a student today um, come up to me, i have you know had some things going on in my family and she made me a, a get like a, a a little gift bag of like socks and like a blanket and a candle and the best part is the card and in the card she she wrote i know i see you i see that you know you're going through something this is how i felt and this is how i handled it when i went through something similar and um, I just want to let you know that that one of the reasons I come to school and I enjoy school is going to your class every day. Wow. And that happened today. And I'm like, so just like how, you know, you were able to talk to your daughter, like the students can empower you as well. Like I literally I mean, you guys are right there. Like I literally have the gift right here. I wasn't expecting this. That is so sweet. Like. A blanket. Wow. And and it just, face mask, stress relief, because they know that it's like. <laughs> it,
0: There's a good coping it, skill.
1: That, like Exactly. And so the fact that they saw me, because I'm always like, let's go, like, you know, and I'm the one pouring, you know, into them. It's like, they notice that and you build that relationship that like, I don't expect this at all, but it's like, Wow, like that brought tears to my eyes. Like, thank you. Like, you saw that in me. You saw something was going on because I am human too, and you went out on your own and and uh, just so thoughtful. So that's what I was thinking when Doctor C was talking. But that's even a skill itself.
0: I mean, being able to help out someone that you see is in a similar situation that is a coping skill. Because you know what? Sometimes it's hard to address a feeling that you're feeling right away. But it's sometimes easier to address a feeling you're seeing in someone else. And I think being able to respond to that, because maybe you know what, that kid may be identified with the feeling that you're having. They're saying that I also feel nervous in these situations, or I also feel a little stressed, or I feel a little anxious. And to help you through that and see that this is something that I did to help someone else through that feeling can also help you get past the feeling that you're having, because if they can make it through it, I can too. Absolutely.
1: So just like we can teach them they could teach us just as much and i think that that comes from being open about yourself like getting to know your students getting to know people in general because then they're able to see you and i think that's what that's what we all need is to see each other like no we're not perfect we all have flaws you know and so sometimes you got to have let people see the cracks so that the light can shine through you know
0: and I feel like, in all honesty, there's nothing that can't be solved without a blanket of us. and a stress mask.
1: That's exactly it.
0: Yeah. See now, see what I don't tell people is on the podcast. We actually all secretly wear a stress masks during the <laughs> show. That's that's why we don't publish the video because no one wants to see us all in the stress <laughs> mask. But it it is funny how one of those things can be that. No, nothing can make you feel better than being seen. Like I, I genuinely feel that, that you can never have a better feeling than someone coming up to you and saying, I see what you're going through, Mm -hmm. or I understand. And I feel like when we talk a lot about this new year, best me, sometimes being the best you is being the best you for someone else. It can be being the best you to help with your own feelings and help with your emotions. But as we kind of mentioned earlier too, that being the best you for the people around you, can also be a really big deal. As Dr. C said, being on that VIP board, for each person that you have on your board, you're that on someone else's too. And recognizing that as a possible resolution, recognizing that as part of your metacognition, recognizing that as steps forward are all great things that you can do as well. And I think sometimes that can be overlooked and encouraging that and fostering those ideas are just as important as looking within. And I hope that, each of us can kind of provide that to a lot of people throughout the rest of the school year and the rest of our time. So, I mean, in general, I think we had a really good conversation today. I think we covered a a lot and I think we, we jumped a lot through a lot of topics that all tie really nicely to new year, new me. I think a lot of people know well, what resolutions they have going forward, but I think a lot of people don't always think about what can I do for those around me? How does my resolution impact the people I see every single day? I mean, all three of us have a big pool of people we touch. And I think the people that are listening to this have a wider group of people that you have an impact on than sometimes what you see at first. Absolutely. And I think that keeping that in mind can be really important and using these skills for yourself and maybe even just passing along an idea to someone else can be really important.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes that kind word, someone just needs a kind word to get through the day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) absolutely no never I I don't think anyone's ever walked up to me and said wow like I'm really happy that you smiled today I don't think I've ever been upset after someone said that (laughs) I hope not (laughs) but as we wrap up final final question what is if I could have one takeaway from this podcast if I'm someone that's listening to this they've listened for a little while now they've heard our voices quite enough what is one final takeaway you would want someone to have? What is one skill you would recommend that they try first of some of the things that we talked about today? Dr. C, you want to start?
2: Yeah, you know, there, first, you know, thanks for such a great conversation, Scott and Michelle. My uh, notebook over here is filled with you know, ideas that that you uh, that you shared. Uh, certainly, when I need deeper conversations on smart goals, I'm glad that I have somebody else on my board who's going to uh, help definitely with that. So I'm very appreciative of that.
0: I
1: think you know, we from, need to
0: get Michelle. You need to record that, and we need one of those little sound that you can just click and like has the different sounds. But when you click it, it's just Michelle saying the sound, the smart goals. I think that would be great. <laughs> I like it. She,
2: I, I would subscribe to it. By the way, right. <laughs> You know, for me as an early childhood guy, which is how I think about myself, I often think of the words of uh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, um, you know, had a saying of, you know, look for the helpers. And, you know, in, in, you know, in situations that get difficult, like, let's be honest, the last two years (laughs) has not been an easy situation. Um, You know, uh, what Michelle was talking about of being able to you know, be comfortable with who you are and show up in this world and be yourself um, and um, feel that um, you're wanted and that you're seen, you know, is so important. And you're not alone in that endeavor. Um, So you should look for the helpers. And so one strategy to look for the helpers is, you know, to be thinking about, you know, the people who consistently provide that for you in your life. Um, And to me, that's the idea of setting a personal board. And that should um, really help to mold the ideas of where are you going to spend your time this year? Who are you going to be with? Who's going to give you the valued feedback? Not that you ignore others, but some people give feedback that's a little bit different than others. And when you think about spending your time, you know maybe you're going to prioritize some people who you're going to spend more time with, who you're going to vibe with. And ultimately, these people um, see you and help you to feel wanted. And um, you should look for the helpers establish a board, you know, and really think about spending your time and habits revolving around, you know, relationships with those people. That would be my takeaway.
0: Oh, I love it. I like that idea a lot. I think, I think even telling the people like, hey, you're someone who's on my board, telling them, I think that like you talk about bucket filling, you talk about getting a compliment. I can't imagine a bigger compliment than someone coming up to me and saying, look, you're one of the people that's most valuable in my life. I think, And I
2: invite them. that's that's a great idea and and I I I try to do that and then then I try to invite them to take me out to dinner as a member of my board oh that's
0: good I I love it that's even better if every member of my board came together and they took me out to dinner just to celebrate being on the board I think that's a great great first step Michelle, what about you what's your one takeaway
1: Well, there's so many takeaways (laughs) I have my notes over here as well I mean they Sorry, everyone, you can't see them, but you could hear throughout the podcast that there's been definitely some takeaways. And I've I've just learned a lot just from this conversation. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dr. Say. Honestly, I just the the quote, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all from Aristotle. That's just coming to to my head right now, um, you know, just you want to make sure that even though we're in education and and, you know, you want to meet your academic goals. Also, if you're not there emotionally, if your mind's not there, um, if the student's mind's not there, then we're not gonna learn. So it's just, you know, you want to reach the heart first. So that starts with relationships, um, building that foundation. Once the students know that you care, like they will open up to you. It could be like, oh, can you can you jump jump as high as you can? And they'll be like, oh, you want me to do it again? But that's once you build that relationship. So that's what I would say is, you know, and and have grace, grace with yourself. You know, it might not work the first time, but reset, reset. There's always modifications. Um, And as you were saying, flexibility and being able to adapt. So that would be my takeaway. No,
0: of course. And once you kind of establish those trusts, you can say, now you can take me out to dessert as somebody that's trusted in my life after (laughs) I get taken out to dinner by the VIPs in my life. It's good. You cover all bases and now everyone feels welcome. Um, For myself, I feel like one thing, just kind of going back into that idea of admitting that you made a mistake or recognizing a misstep and stepping forward. I think one thing with goals that is really hard is the fact that you want to stick so badly to one goal, even if that goal isn't working. And that goal might not be working, not due to any failure of yours, not due to anything in particular, but just due to a, very, like a variety of reasons. I think being able to look at your goal, adapting it and slightly changing it, or even breaking it apart to smaller goals that can all lead back up to that goal. I feel like that for me, is one thing that I always try and recommend. And I always try and think of it for myself when it comes to these new year's best me's ideas. Because I think that you wanna reach that big goal, but nothing can be more defeating than trying over and over and over and over and over again and not feeling like you're getting any closer. But as Dr. C said earlier, the mistake is to do nothing about it. So admitting that you can do something to change it little bits, to take those next couple steps forward, I think that for me, is what I would say is my biggest takeaway, is don't be afraid to edit. Editing is always okay. I mean, believe me, there's a reason why it takes 15 years to write books, because it's a lot of editing. So I think looking at that in many facets of your life can be really important, going forward. But overall, thank you both so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed the conversation, and I'd love to have you on again.
2: Can't wait. Thank you so much to the both of you.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I, it was a pleasure.
0: And don't forget to stay on everyone at home because even though she wasn't on today, our very own Erica Shu couldn't avoid a chance to come back onto the podcast. She'll be doing our counselor corner today, talking a little bit about some sentence starters that you can use at home when establishing how to take those next steps towards establishing your goal. Mm -hmm.
3: Hi everybody, this is Mrs. Shu, and I am here to talk with you about SMART goals. So SMART goals stand for specific, measurable, action plan, realistic, and time limit. So when we're starting to think about a SMART goal, we want to be specific. So we wanna set good goals that are clear and defined. If your goal is too general, they'll be too hard to accomplish. We also want a goal to be measurable. So we want to measure our progress towards a goal, so you know when you have reached it. We also want to set an action plan that tells tells us what you need to do. Our goals should also be realistic, so that it's not too hard or it's not too easy to achieve. And there should be a time limit on our goal. So think about what you want to accomplish in the next couple of weeks, and then set our goal from there. I hope this was helpful in understanding what a smart goal is. If
0: you didn't finish up your drink, finish it up now. We look forward to talking to you again soon.